7: I've the I've the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell.
9: You heard it, I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas. And still the governor says only essential businesses should be open. And here we are on 200. FSR stations across this great great nation and we've got them with us but not with us. You could say oh it's social distancing which I respect it's it, it's not. We got Steve Fazek with us and we'll talk to him about all the important stuff NFL style NBA style his specialty He's the only man to win The Super Contest twice. That is the biggest handicapping contest in the world. Think about that. And we also have Jonas Knox in L.A. He's one of those dudes... He makes the pros feel better. (laughs) What's up, Jonas?
8: Uh, Not a whole lot, RJ. And so as we sit here on a Monday and we've got a motivated former MVP in the NFL, we've got more talk and details of the Tom Brady decision to go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What is the Vegas lead here today?
9: I do not want people to think RJ doesn't have the cool living the dream life in Vegas. But let's be candid. These are different times. And maybe I'd be doing this even if it weren't these times. I spent a lot of time this weekend just digging deep on some stuff. And one of those things was LeBron James and that podcast interview he did a couple days ago. And I think I got three big takeaways here that – Everyone is not talking about So let's say LeBron's statement, uh, multiple ones in the podcast, that's really given us an indication of the future of the NBA in the next few months.
8: Yeah, LeBron James did appear on a podcast with former teammate Richard Jefferson. And during the podcast, there was much discussion about the idea of continuing an NBA season, but doing so with no fans in attendance to watch.
9: Yeah, so one of the things he hated was the idea of the no fans. But the first thing that I want to get to is this idea that he wanted some regular season games. It was very important to him. And he said straight to the playoffs, no, just not even viable, he said. Now remember, and you know this, Jonas, the closest playoff competition, meaning for the eighth seed in the West specifically, the number nine team is three and a half games back. Yeah. So it really is a situation that if they play five, six, seven games, odds are it's going to be the exact same playoff teams. So the question is, LeBron's adamant, I don't want to go straight to the playoffs, why? Well, number one, what we know for sure is LeBron is a league guy. I mean, he's going to step out of the mainstream and be contrary if he really believes in something, and I respect that. I think LeBron's a businessman, and he's going to keep the NBA people happy as long as it doesn't hurt him. And a lot of these local TV contracts require 70 games. That, that's a threshold. If you get to 70, the penalty for having less than 82 is not all that severe. In some cases, doesn't exist. If you fall short of 70, it's huge. So I think some of this is it's just they all want to get to 70, and LeBron is uh, part of that, right? Obviously, and let's be candid, this is a revenue-sharing league. Yeah. So if teams have to give money back, it's effectively, what, 48%? The players aren't getting. Number two, I think LeBron understands that the end of the regular season – would be borderline meaningless. Thus, it almost acts as exhibition games. So he was saying potentially two weeks of training camp. Now imagine that. They're finally ready to be together, and the idea of two weeks of training camp, hey, why not have five days and then got some games that really don't matter all that much. So to me, LeBron being adamant about regular season games when they come back, even if it's you know late into June or whatever, I think there's reasons behind it specifically money for the league, 70 games of the regular season, plus be able to make some money instead of exhibition games. I think it explains those two. It makes sense to me.
8: Yeah, I just wonder. I mean, are these guys all that out of shape after what a couple of weeks of quarantine? Like, why, well, you why know, do we need this much prep? I, I it, It's it's kind of weird to me. I don't. I don't. Well, think these I guys guess guys the, the
9: theory is as soon as it would be. Is let, let's say they'd be back in camp or something would be late May. Okay, right. So yeah. I think you're right that if it had if the games were starting in three days, it wouldn't be so bad. Though again, you're in better shape than me. But that that last level of shape. Because I, you know, you see these players that retired five years ago. A lot of them are. I mean, like your buddy Brady, uh, Brady Quinn looks like he could step on the field. I'm guessing he could right now. There's that next level, I think.
8: Yeah, there it, there is a big difference. How it's would you been, know though? How well, would you even it, know this? I mean, it's listen. You know, you, you <laughs> show with the guy long enough, and uh, and that's how it works. But but it's the old it's the old adage. I've heard people say it this way. They say um, NBA players when they retire they get bigger. When NFL players retire they get smaller.
9: Well, especially the linemen, man. Right. I, it's always weird when you see those linemen that were two ninety-five getting down to two fifteen, like Al, in in a year.
8: Alan all right. Al, Alan Faneca looks like a, a completely different human being. I mean, the former Steelers offensive lineman. Oh, he's okay, now a marathon okay. runner. He's lost. I mean, he looks like he doesn't even look like the same guy. So yeah, there is something to it. I just, I don't. I think I think the NBA and and LeBron. I know we all want a perfect solution, but I don't think there is one for this. And so uh, when, the yeah. su- when the subject came up that, you know, maybe a centralized location, I mean, I think we just got to be all open-minded to the idea that it's going to be kind of patchwork season uh, to, to finish up the season. And then you go from there and make the best of it.
9: And that segues to the second of three points I took away from LeBron's interview, which was how much he really hates playing the idea of playing in front of no fans, I mean, to the point of, you know, I think people are misrepresenting, saying, I won't play. No, it's just a strong preference. Well, just today, it's gone more mainstream, the idea that one of the considerations would be not only no fans, but the idea of having, and Vegas has been mentioned, the teams being, in a way, quarantined amongst themselves. The theory is they test everyone 10 days before whatever whatever the period is where they wouldn't be contagious if, uh, if they pass and then they all go in together. And the theory is if no one had it going in, well, no one's going to get it. Right. Kind of makes sense. Well, on ESPN, Brian Windhorst was talking about some, and again, this guy's connected to LeBron connected to the NBA in general strongly. He has some extreme stuff he was talking about, about his expectations about what the NBA is going to have to do to get this season started back up. And it's more extreme than I've heard anyone else talk about it. And he's talking about it so matter-of-factly. So the first thing he's going to tell us is how likely he thinks that at least some of the games will be played without fans in empty arenas. Let's listen
8: almost 100%. LeBron if he wants to play for a championship this year is going to have to reset his expectations. He also talked about how he didn't want to be sequestered with teammates and other teams potentially in a centralized location, but it's definitely a possibility again. That's what China is looking at. Is clustering teams in a, in a bubble where they can be protected. That's what I think the league may have to do and the reality is if the NBA comes back at least in the short term, it's going to be in empty arenas or even empty aircraft hangars where they put down a court and it's probably are we going to be in a centralized location where the players can be sequestered and that is just something that players are going to have to start getting their minds
9: around so think about this this isn't oh it's possible with some long shot the way he's talking the no fans I think most people agree there'd be some interim period without even optimistically yeah but the idea and I'm going to ask Fez about this the idea of it being like an Olympics in a way right they're all in the Olympics village all amongst themselves. I, I, I mean, I would actually enjoy that. I think all the games on a neutral court. What do you think, Jonas?
8: Yeah, I know. I I like it a lot. I think it'll be fun TV. It's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a different look. And I think this is really what the the larger point is. It, it, it's great to have fans in attendance, but the most important number to to the NBA is the ratings. And it's about the people that watch on TV. There's nothing else really for them to watch. Everybody's blown through Tiger King and whatever other old game they've seen on television. If you could present a product, even with no fans on television, I think you'd make the networks really, really happy. The networks that are losing millions of dollars. And I think it would be, I, I, I there would be a curiosity to it to see how this would be put on. If it was an airport hangar or in Las Vegas, wherever, I would be all into it. I'd like it.
9: Yeah, and even if somehow, some way, it was a net neutral for the league, and obviously coming back later with fans or playing without for a while and then later with fans when it would have been viable, obviously more money for the NBA. Oh yeah. But but even if it weren't, let's say it was break-even somehow, the country needs it. Yes. And I think the NBA taking the opportunity of – You know, rallying for the country is the kind of thing that any brand guy like Commissioner Silver is going to really value. But let me ask, Fez, just 30 seconds or so for curiosity's sake, how interesting would the handicap be if there was like a (laughs) tournament, seven game series is in theory, a tournament of the playoffs where they're all sequestered. And all neutral courts, and I guess no fans from, I would think a majority of it, if not all of it. What do you think?
10: Yeah, it'd be fascinating. Hold it in Vegas, RJ. Did the Lakers probably get. Oh well, there's no fans at all. Exactly. So obviously no home court at all. The biggest disadvantaged teams are going to be Utah and Denver because they're not going to get any of that extra altitude advantage they get when they play their home games.
9: I thought you were going to say because of their uh, Utah's deep religious beliefs that they <laughs> the gambling might bother them, right? It, <laughs> would I, that'd be funny. Yeah. What I would say is this: I would have to handicap. Who has a, who has the Michael Jordan ask? Oh, well, I guess they're going to be, I wonder, here's the question. No one has asked this for sure. Get ready. I'm RJ Bell straight out of Vegas. I guarantee no one's asked this. I love it too. Would they, the casinos offer to bring a blackjack tables and different casino into the sequestered area? Oh man! I mean, imagine, um, imagine that scene where there's just a little mini NBA casino. Yeah, RJ, could... I'll take the
8: yes uh, minus five hundred. <laughs> yeah, well, like why? What would be the problem with that? I, I mean, don't. I, who
9: said a problem? No, I just no, want to buy that, a piece of the table. Uh, so.
8: Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm saying like that. I that would make sense. I could see them trying to, you know, keep these guys entertained while they're just the idea of being in Vegas completely alone. Like the possibilities. Are there could endless. be like a,
9: but, but if if they're just behind, like if they're behind the gates and they can't get out, Fez chooses not to get out. <laughs> By the way, Fez, have you have you ventured outside of the the brick walls yet?
10: I have not. You know, ah! you could argue, R.J. I've been doing social distancing for my entire life. <laughs> I excel at it.
9: Except to Seven Eleven, you know, you and the big golf <laughs> guy. So now you were feeling a little down. I mean, there's not doctors that do house calls anymore, is there?
10: Uh, there are not.
9: So how did you get tested?
10: Uh, basically, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. You just keep calling and complaining.
9: And so what happened? They sent someone?
10: I finally went. To, I actually went to a facility.
9: So you did leave the gates.
10: Y- yes, for that trip.
9: Yes. Well, that's what I asked. I said, "Yeah." It's funny. There usually is miscommunication if someone doesn't tell the other person what's going on. So one time out. Yes. So how did that take a squeaky wheel? You just went to get tested and were around all these potentially infected people. How was that squeaky? I'm confused.
10: Oh, well, they don't want to test it. you got to be like at, like, oh my gosh, you have
9: that little stroke in town that you can't get tested. I thought you would (laughs) have had a team come to the house. Oh, Listen, we we play him up, Jonas, but that has to be a disappointment. I mean,
8: Fez, did you you drop the, uh, do you know who I am? Did it get to the point where you just said, do you know who I I am?
10: Uh, I did what it took to uh, to get my test.
9: (laughs) Sounds like he paid someone off. Yes. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. When we come back, the third of three things and probably the most shocking, LeBron said one thing. And everyone I know smart disagreed, but I think LeBron might be right.
8: That's coming up next. First, though, straight out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same-day store pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,600 AutoZone locations. Get in the zone. AutoZone. He's R.J. Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox
7: Sports Radio.
6: Straight out of Vegas!
7: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
1: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
7: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals.
9: I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas.
8: And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan, coming up here in just a couple of moments. We will do more of a deep dive into the possibility of an NBA season without fans.
9: Yes, yes, it may be ensconced in Vegas with blackjack tables. That would be an interesting documentary right there. Thanks for joining us. You know, it's great this show's only an hour because we never have filler. And it dawned on me there was so much even last week we didn't get to with just an hour a day, even without games. So I think we got an advantage. You got to feel for the Collins of the world that's doing three. And again, when you're world-class like him, he's making it work. A lot of these, uh, you know, I, I want to say some F non-FSR shows are <laughs> doing the, uh, the old, um, I wonder if the wishbone's ever coming back, you know. And, and, and I got to tell you, I'm going to fall prey to this is on Thursday, I got his schedule now. I've been holding this back like the ultimate ace in the hole. Brady or Belichick, who was more valuable? The answer is so crystal clear that if you think otherwise, you're wrong. It's that clear. Thursday, John, we're, we're teasing ahead a couple days. Good, good.
8: I and love it. And then
9: I'm going to do it, me and you, solo, and then Friday we're going to get Fez's response, but Fez has to put it in writing before he hears me, because, I mean, Fez, let's be honest now. You will often change your opinion in pre-production just based on what I say. Kind of takes the fun out of it. Luckily, I deceive you oftentimes in pre-production, so... What are you feeling?
10: You've been known to throw a head fake at me.
9: Yeah, I think that's fair to say. That is fair to <laughs> say. So great you know, day or week to join us. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Our audience has over doubled, doubled plus in the last year alone. Why? Because of you. Thanks for listening, and thanks for spreading the word with your buddies. Now's a great time. If they're home and not a lot to do, let them know you can listen on 200-plus stations coast-to-coast coast in the United States on Fox Sports Radio. Right now, here in Vegas on the Strip, 68 degrees, and still the neon is on. Off.
8: So, RJ, we've been talking about LeBron James making an appearance on a podcast over the weekend, discussing the idea of playing an NBA season without fans. There was a report from ESPN uh, talking about a centralized location. And so everybody's still trying to get their minds around the idea that the season has been changed and they're doing their best they can
9: to try and save it. So we've gone over two of the three main points that I took away I thought was interesting. Why would LeBron insist on some regular season? Eh, I think it's to play himself back into shape and also 70-game minimum on a lot of these local TV deals. And remember, this is a revenue-sharing league, so the players benefit when the money doesn't have to be returned. Number two, LeBron hates the idea of playing with no fans. But Winhorse from ESPN was almost like it was a foregone conclusion, to no fans, and almost a foregone conclusion, the idea of this off-site, this, this secluded site. Man, I haven't heard anyone else talk like that. I've heard it all floated, but we had the sound on Winhorse. Now, the third topic to me, and the one that's gotten the most feedback, is some players, this is LeBron saying now, will not benefit from the layoff are the older players now Fez my thought big time was well wait a minute you got the young guys that don't get tired as much you got the old guys that do so if you take off six weeks eight weeks ten weeks wouldn't the player that would have gotten tired anyway benefit was that your thought
10: Absolutely. It's the ultimate in load management. Play zero games until the playoffs. Right, RJ? All
9: right. Well, listen, you don't have to take my word for it. We actually I went in spent some crazy time on Friday night getting the sound up and right on this. So we got LeBron talking about this and explaining why he feels what he feels. Let's listen.
12: If we're talking about like finishing the regular season, a week of training camp and then get back into it. You know, when you've been building six months of conditioning, and preparation, the narrative that I don't like, like, well, now guys get so much rest. Or, or, like, LeBron, he's 35, he got so many minutes on his body, now he gets so much rest. It's actually the opposite for me because my body, when we stopped playing, was asking me, uh, like, what are the you hell are you doing?
9: When you're older, you decondition a lot
12: faster. Right? right? Like, oh, you saying it again, Richard. Faster, man. Oh, so my body was like, hey, man, what the hell is going on? It's, It's March, it's March 13th. (laughs) You like, you getting ready for the playoffs. Why are you shutting down right now? And I was right there turning the corner. Like, I felt like I was running third base getting ready for the postseason. So, you know, it's it's the rest factor. I think is I think it's a little bit overly blown, especially when you're in full thing, uh, full swing of things.
9: So that was on the podcast. What was the name of that Jonas podcast?
12: Uh, it was the podcast
8: with Richard Jefferson. I don't know the uh, specific name, but I know it was on with Richard. Uh, yeah, Jefferson.
9: well, you know, I'll get that on the next commercial. Make sure to give it a shout out. Um, I was skeptical when I first heard that because my thinking is LeBron is a master at making his path seem hard. Yeah. And and let's be honest, in, in an era of narratives, right, Jonas, is if whatever he does benefits if it's hard, or meaning if he wins it all, oh, my God, he overcame all that. If he doesn't win it all, well, that's why, right? Yeah,
8: I mean, we'll save that sound because he's been known to say the exact opposite of what he said previously. Uh, So whenever they do finish the season or get it done, um, don't be surprised if he says the complete opposite of what you just heard. Wow,
9: what a cynic. That's Jonas Knox. I'm R.J. (laughs) Bell. I will say this, though. I I have a YouTube stream of all the different shows I like, at least if they have something hot I want to watch. And... On uh, Undefeated, right, on FS1, the headline says, Skip Bayless defends saying LeBron James is not the GOAT. I'm like, what? Defe- it's like me defending the Suns coming up, you know, going to go up in the East and down in the West. I mean, I think that's right, right? Is Who who are the, the only people that think LeBron's the GOAT? are people too young to see Michael play, one, some of them. Hardcore, hardcore LeBron fans, the kind of dudes that are going to be wearing his jersey in their 50s, that kind of crowd. (laughs) And literally the people who don't believe that winning means anything, that it's all just luck. Again, I promise you, go back And and talk show hosts that won attention. Not talking about Skip in particular. Skip gets a lot of attention regardless. But, yes, that crowd. And I'll tell you this. Go back, watch the last game Michael played with the Bulls against Utah, game six in Utah, and watch the last two minutes. That's all you got to do. And then tell me that uh, LeBron and Michael was the same late in the game. I think LeBron has probably moved into the place Where, to me, Jonas, it's hard to even fathom how he's not number two. Meaning, other than Bill let's say 1980 and beyond, because it's hard for me to judge Bill Russell, right? We all got that point we didn't see. Just like the kids can't judge Michael, but there's a lot better chance to see Michael with all the video now, but it's not the same. But from 1980 on, who would be number two behind Michael other than LeBron?
8: Oh, I don't. I don't think there is anybody. I think I, it is LeBron. And I've never, by the way that the podcast is the Road trip in podcast. It's with Richard Jefferson and Channing Fry. Uh, okay, that we, cool. That we heard from you. LeBron. Yeah, I think he's number two. I think it's. I think it's pretty clear at this point. Um, I'm still a, a firm believer that Jordan's the greatest of all time, and LeBron's number two. The idea that, I mean, as long as you're in the conversation. Like, that should be enough. There's no way you can prove it. They're not going to play against each other, so yeah, there's but no that's way you
9: can what, prove it. I, I don't know if you know when you look at your check every two weeks or whatever, but talking about things like that is why we're here, right? Now, the Vegas show, straight out of Vegas, we got a slightly different mandate, right? We're trying to put the odds on things, help see the future, help you be, even the non-batters be smarter, more knowledgeable, know more than your buddies. But still, Michael and MJ, that discussion is why, you know, Mike Francesca way back when in the Mad Dog got big. Right. That kind of stuff.
8: I mean, on weekend overnights, we do a completely
9: different thing. It's just, it, you know, it's, how would you characterize it?
8: I mean, it's just a different world. It's just <laughs> a uh, – it's it's like a – it's a pinata of hot takes. You never know what it's going to be. It could be WrestleMania <laughs> one moment and the NFL the next. You just uh, never know.
9: Listen, I I like uh, Jonas with a little a, a little, um, sardonic, <laughs> little ironic. You, you, you're pretty, pretty literal, so I kind of like it. All right, now listen. I told you I was skeptical, but then – As I do, kept doing my work, kept grinding. And we got one more piece of sound. Speaking of Michael Jordan, this is Michael Wilbon on ESPN talking about what Jordan told him about the very same question about older players, deconditioning. And let's hear what he said
8: but talking to, to Michael Jordan about a similar circumstance that when you are in your mid-30s and you get yourself going, these guys are so finely tuned as athletes. I mean, what they do to get themselves prepared in their mid and late 30s is just extraordinary, and the break doesn't help them. So I get that. That's what I would expect to hear from LeBron, having talked to other older players over the past 30 years.
9: All right, so the question is now... You know, it's not like I know Wilbon and MJ close. He'd want to defend. This isn't about that at all. If anything, if you're an MJ guy, you don't want, you know, LeBron to look good. Fez, let me ask you. I mean, you got LeBron saying it. You got Richard Jefferson saying, you know, affirming it on the on the sound we had. And now you got MJ, you know, once we moved talking about it. Are you convinced that LeBron would say, the theory is that he gets out of shape quicker because he's older and he, he's going to be able to get back into shape slower? And remember this, and this is very important. As Jonas knows, the gyms are shut down. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm hearing rumors of like the little secret, almost like on Beverly Hills, 90210, when you had to have the uh, secret password to get into the party. Yeah. And I, I think um, Steve Sanders was struggling with it. But <laughs> I heard there's rumors that there's gyms in L.A. and various places that are like speakeasy types during prohibition have you heard about this Jonas?
8: yeah I, i've heard the same thing there's sort of a, uh, a a secret password or sort of a special you're, you're knock not in at the, the club door. no 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 i I'll, i'm just working out at home i'll figure it
9: out i gotta be honest fez can't get a freaking doctor to come to the, his mansion <laughs> jonas can't get a workout in i mean no wonder it's rj bell first here let me tell you i'd have problems with neither of those if i worked out or if i needed a doctor But luckily, well, I think there's probably a correlation somewhere in there. (laughs) What do you think, Fez? uh, You've been convinced?
10: I'm not convinced. I think that the older players are more likely, like you mentioned, to find a way to keep working out and to have that discipline. You can't.
9: Listen, you can't stay in NBA shape. Working out on a treadmill.
10: I understand, but it's not, not like apparently LeBron's not going to be eating ice cream at home and watching. Well, no one said that, but to go like away the
9: younger players. I mean, but to go down from the. Here's what you need to know about that last one percent. Is a guy like Peyton Manning? This is NFL, obviously. He was literally one of the best quarterbacks in history. His next to last year, and the year before that, he was maybe the best quarter. You know, best year you've ever seen. It's right up there. And then he was below average 12 months later. How much do you think he lost in those 12 months? I mean, you you went from age 37 to 38. You couldn't even tell, right?
10: Well, I, I have no implicit like physical ability. Artık. Exactly.
9: So somehow you're critiquing how how LeBron can stay in shape. He spends over a million a year, they say, trying to stay in shape on the road. And now he's a, you know, that's just playing basketball on top of it. I listen. I don't know. I just know at the highest level of anything, most people that are not at that level have no idea what it, it's like. Jeopardy, you know. You ever watch Jeopardy? Everyone's pressing that that button every time and then people like two t- two heartbeats later will say Thomas Jefferson be like yeah I could win this game I mean Jonas what I mean you've been around you're in a much better shape than faz too what do you think
8: um I am I'm skeptical here's oh, here's, the, imagine here's the, this here's the reason I'm skeptical of LeBron we do have an example of LeBron coming off extra rest it was last season when he played less games than any other time but in remember
9: his now hold on though that had the whole normal and that's why they say the prior strike season what was it 99 isn't an analogy either because they didn't stop in the middle of the season they had the full training camp even though it was delayed and this and with lebron even though he had extra time you know non-playoff games but they all went into the season the same way, right?
8: But he had extended rest. Coming off extended rest, LeBron James was playing like an MVP this season. And I know it's it's a little different circumstance, but I think everybody's body is different. And I, I do believe if there's one player, one athlete at this age who can continue on to play and doesn't need a training camp, I think it's LeBron James.
9: Alright, so to close this topic, <laughs> you've got one guy that can't find a gym to work out in. The other guy can't get a doctor they disagree with LeBron (laughs) and I agree maybe take that as a lesson out there in America you know I'm gonna you know let's talk about Deshaun Watson because to be honest we've got some more sound about how big of a deal I think the troubles in Houston are
7: be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports
8: Radio. Coming up 10 minutes from now here on FSR, we will continue the discussion in the National Football League. We do want to let you know we are coming to you and brought to you by, by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same day store pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,600 AutoZone locations. Get in the zone. AutoZone. I'm I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He is the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell.
9: Any listener to the show remembers Steve Fezik last week reading Drake from Deshaun Watson's Twitter. It was one of the great moments in history. What I'm going to do is this. Fez, go to producer Matt, and uh, he's got two Deshaun Watson tweets I want you ready for. I got in the him, next... RJ. You got him now. <laughs> yep. All right, then I can't wait. Usually I tease ahead this. So we'll just do it because you can't miss it. But I love the audience too much. I'm just going to give it to them. So the general story, Jonas, and maybe you're the best recapper in the business, is up until, let's say, the last day or a couple days, Deshaun Watson and some disgruntledness. In Houston.
8: Yeah, and it uh, all stems from what appears to be the trade of DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson not being too thrilled with the idea of losing his best wide receiver. So he has taken to social media to send out rap lyrics, and it is there's only one man in Sports Talk Radio who can reread those rap lyrics and make you convinced uh, that Deshaun Watson is indeed upset with what is going on in Houston.
9: Best part of the show. For sure, coming up. Steve, tweet number one, please.
8: Don't deal with the lies and the frauds. That's
10: why I don't get involved. What's up? <laughs> <laughs>
9: why did he do that like
8: that? <laughs> was, it, was that uh, the what's up guy from
9: Bud Light I don't know. I mean, did he have a sound drop in there? <laughs> you know what we were thinking of doing once, Jonas, is at the end of the show, like once a week, is name someone whose birthday it was that wasn't like Tom Hanks or whatever and have him try to guess who it was. Oh, my God. We did some <laughs> fake ones. It was so it was so it'd be like, I mean, the people he didn't know. I mean, <laughs> I, oh, it's 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 like I, I can't even like if I said like someone he wouldn't know, you wouldn't believe it. We'll do, you know, that's the beauty of this break, though. We're going to have a chance to pull out that here in a couple weeks. I think we'll get to that level. We got a second tweet, Fez. Hit us up.
10: Never take advice from a person who don't love you. You got to walk light. Got to stay above water.
9: Sounds like Johnny Cash a little bit there. (laughs) All right. That's Steve Fezik. Now, so Jonas, when we come back, we'll take a quick break. Last break is I've got from the FS1 family, a former player. That is explaining how this is not only a problem, it's a gigantic problem, Houston and Watson.
8: That's coming up next. He's R.J. Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on
7: Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
9: I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm
8: Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. R.J., we just heard Steve Fezzik reread Deshaun Watson's tweets, the rap lyrics from Drake, and now we find out that <laughs> things could be problematic for the quarterback there in Houston.
9: I mean, imagine Fez's next contract negotiation. It's like, you know, I was going to say no to that, Fez, but, you know, now that you're the official reader of tweets... I'm going to have to cave. So, I mean, it's a big thing for feds. I think this Watson problem is humongous. And here's why. Player empowerment. Most sports talk guys want to act like they're one of the people. They're the furthest freaking thing. Imagine sitting around talking sports and acting like you're what? You know, my dad was a coal miner for 30 years. Let me tell you, it's not fun growing up with a coal miner. But I don't act like I went to the mines, right? I understand what working class people, i it's all I grew up in. But I've been lucky enough to do something I love, come to Vegas and bet and do media now. So a lot of these radio guys act like that literally they were in the mines before <laughs> – They went into radio. No, they know they're so far away from truly being in the working class that they got to try to act like it. So what do they do? They always side with the player. Oh, forget the millionaires over billionaires. Yeah, okay. But they're all so rich, it's incomprehensible to the average person. So the question is, what is the natural extension of this player empowerment? And Jonas, I asked you last week, I'm going to ask you again. If Deshaun Watson says, listen, I don't like this organization, maybe even whispers from the agent. I'm not saying they do this about racism, about, you know, the dad who passed away. Now the son's there, more of the same. How long could Houston, especially without a powerful owner at this point, How long could they play chicken with Deshaun Watson? If he said it tomorrow, he would be traded by game number one. Do you have any doubt about that, Jonas? Uh,
8: I I doubt. Well, it's it's hard for me to wrap my mind around the idea that Deshaun Watson is going anywhere. I think they would exhaust all efforts to make sure that they could keep him. And if that included threatening to fire Bill O'Brien or make serious changes, I think they'll do whatever they can to try and keep him
9: around. I agree. If he said it's me or O'Brien – Oh, Ryan, be gone. Yeah. But why would Deshaun Watson say that? He's got to build an excuse to get out of an organization that, quite frankly, there is more stink on him. And, again, it could all be false innuendo. It could be a bunch of misunderstandings. But it does seem like it's not the most player-friendly Um, team, Uh, right?
8: Yeah, it's, I mean, when you think about how many good players they've had there in Mm -hmm. Houston, the fact that they finally find a quarterback, if they still mess this up after finally, I I think that Larry
9: Tunzel trade and giving up, I mean, the the future is mortgage at this point. So here's what I know. We've got from, uh, speak for yourself, LaVar, Arrington, I think is how it goes. Right. Yeah. And former player. But man, he just went into the locker room and explained what he thinks Watson's feeling. And also explain when you have a coach like O'Brien, how it affects the team. Let's listen.
12: The problem may not be with Houston. The problem may be with the guy who's making the decisions. All the things that I've heard
9: about Bill O'Brien has been his inability to connect with people on a personal
12: level. Football is a sport where you got to have a a level of trust and a show of of integrity as it applies to your relationships between your players, especially your leaders. I think this is a classic cry-out, cryptically,
9: but we're applying this to Bill O'Brien right now. This is going straight at Bill O'Brien.
12: Bill, you have got a message from your star player saying that you show no love and that we don't trust you, so we're going to stay above water until either I'm leaving here or you're leaving
9: here. Strong stuff there, and and just the I, I love to hear former players explain the the dynamics in the locker room. And Fez, you're a super logical fellow. Is Jonas will often say, "I don't see it happening," but the question, the core question, if the assumption is Watson wants out, how in the heck in this day and age? Contractor? No. Does any? Does Houston stop them?
10: Oh, they can't. And Houston would obviously choose Watson over O'Brien. Watson's a top five quarterback, and he's young. R.J., how difficult is it to find one of those?
9: That's Steve Fezzik and R.J. Bell. Last thing, Steve, in our notes, you were talking about Herb Street, my uh, uh, fellow alum at Ohio State. He talked about, oh, it seems insane. There's going to be football. To me, it goes against all the doctor stuff, it seems. But, real quick, 30 seconds, Fez. You got upset about it. Explain why.
10: Well, I think it's irresponsible. We're still in March here, RJ, to be projecting all the way to September. And for Herb Street to say he'd be shocked to see there be college football or the NFL, I mean, there's so, right, so many unknowns and parameters. We're, we're How can up he against say
9: it. Here, here's the thing you need to know, Jonas. Fez will only get political, only get involved to say irresponsible when he's thinking maybe Herbstreet saying that is going to cost me money if somehow the leagues don't get started. So he perks up like no one's business when there's actual money involved. Like I'm telling you right now, we could have like a borderline revolution in this country. He would hardly look up from his computer, but he heard that and he was like saying, we got to talk about this. Steve Fezick, everyone.
8: The odd couple is next on many of these followers. Fox Sports Radio affiliates. We are straight out of Vegas. We will be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. And as always, on the iHeartRadio app.
6: Straight out of Vegas!